Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And yes, a healthy body is sexy, and I'll tell you what else is sexy. That is being different, because different is the new normal. And you may be asking yourself, what does that have to do with love? Well, you're about to find out. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our guest tonight. You're going to meet Karen Roost. And Karen talks about doubting herself. Have you ever doubted yourself about being unfocused or having a lack of clarity in her life? Or what steps are the next best steps? Or worse, doubting you can achieve your dreams. These are things I think we've all experienced. God knows I have had those experiences, those doubts. And Karen is going to talk about her journey facing those doubts. She jet-set it around the world with celebrities like Pitbull, Britney Spears, and others whose names she is forbidden to mention. She's negotiated multi-million dollar deals with top Hollywood managers, lawyers, and done all kinds of catering to their crazy whims, and once even found herself walking into a room full of cash. Now imagine that. Karen says, oh yeah, those were heady days, but they literally drove her almost insane to the point that she had to leave all that and go to a monastery, shave her head, and become a Buddhist nun for a year just to stay sane. So today, after all of those experiences, Karen has a new mission, and it's helping others to be what she calls purposely famous. That means famous for a good purpose or a cause, the kind of fame that helps you to fall in love with yourself all over again. So here at Modern Love, we know that falling in love requires not just falling in love, but it requires skill to keep that love, grow that love, and that real love accelerates if you've got the right tools in your toolbox. So we've got every tool you could want here at Modern Love. We have Modern Love Training, Mastermind Groups, the True Love, True Prosperity Mastermind Group is a weekly intensive training that's body, emotions, mind, and spirit to accelerate growth on every level. And some of the results our people get in our training go far beyond a love life, which is, of course, wonderful, to actually finding their purpose. And we have people, couples, who've left our training to go on to live their dream of living abroad, to starting a family, to creating a pathway for peace in the world. So anything is possible when we make 
true fulfillment, which includes love a goal. So it doesn't matter where you are on your journey, whether you're wanting an exciting career, whether you have given up on love, or maybe your relationship is just stalled out. You can find out more about our trainings at drbrendaway.com or Every month, second Saturday of every month, we have a training at our center here in San Francisco. Find out about that. Now, I also encourage you to keep sending me your modern love questions, and we're going to take one of those questions right now before Karen Roos joins us. This one says, I'm 50. My boyfriend, Ray, is 55. We've been together 11 years. He's divorced with two kids. I'm single, didn't have children. We sold our homes a year ago and moved in to a house that we bought together. We can't imagine being together. Everything clicks except I want to get married. Ray does too, but his 20-year-old daughter isn't ready for it. We get along, but she cries whenever we talk about getting married. Huh, I told Ray she learned that crying gets her her way. Ray says she has anxiety issues. She won't go to counseling. The counselor Ray and I see says, yes, she needs counseling, but we can't make her go. What should we do? Confused in Palo Alto. Look, confused in Palo Alto. It's important for you and Ray to make a decision and to let his daughter know we've made a choice to get married. This is what we're going to do. And you give a timeline where there's enough time there for her to absorb that you're moving forward with these plans and that you would like her to be a part of it. And you'd like to know how she could feel good about your wedding. But for you to put your life on hold because his daughter cries, I don't think so. I think what you're saying is we don't have power and agency in our own lives if you do that. And that means your relationship is doomed because you're not in charge of it. So if you really mean that you want a life together, you've got to make this decision together and get moving, confused, get unconfused. So let me tell you a little more about our special guest tonight, Karen Roost, who was born in Korea, adopted by Dutch-American parents, raised in a family with five nationalities in the Pacific Northwest, and who has spent the last 20 years living in Africa, Latin America, and Asia, and on the ultimate unplanned, fly-by-the-seat-of-her-pants master quest. She's done everything from dodging bullets and bombs in the Sudan to meditating for a year in silence to nonstop partying as a global producer. All right, everyone, please welcome to the show Karen Roost. Hi, Karen. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great having you as a guest. Is there anything you haven't done? Wow. (laughs) You sound like kind of, you know, the, and I know you're gorgeous because I've looked at your picture, the gorgeous female version of Indiana Jones. Except for the meditating well, except part. Except as a compliment. <laughs> well, I mean it as a compliment. Because you're clearly an adventuring spirit, and you've had a most unusual life. So tell us a little bit about your growing up as someone who was adopted from Korea into a family that ends up being kind of the all-American family and living in the great Northwest, which I know quite well, uh, can sometimes be not that inclusive. So what was that like for you? 
Yeah, well, you know, my life started out a little rough. I heard later on that the day after I was born in Korea, my birth parents dropped me off at, at the adoption agency and left me there. And then I went to the States six months later, and I got adopted by, you know, a really wonderful family. But, we, you know, I grew up in a farm town, so I'm talking cows, chickens, pigs, goats. And it was a great upbringing, but, you know, I was different. I yeah. did not fit in. We were the only multinational family in a, you know, in a town of all, you know, Caucasians. Um, and even more than just the ethnic diversity, I just felt different. I knew that I wanted to go see more, do more. I didn't know where at the time, but and I didn't even know exactly what my life would look like later on, but I just I knew I didn't fit in where I was. And then just, you know, in my career, in my 20s, I started right away, straight out of college, just hanging around the world with these celebrities, which was such an anomaly compared to my, you know, small farm town childhood. But and Now, how did that, that happen? Because I know everyone's going, how did she get there? <laughs> right. Well, I strategically picked a university that had a campus in Africa and then in, in Latin America. So I knew there was a way to get over um, and then when I was graduating from Mexico City and from my university there, I, I met this producer of this festival, this music festival in Mexico City, an, an American, a top Hollywood producer. Um, and I, I remember walking up to him and I was like, I'm going to work for you. And I'm like, I'm fresh out of college, almost had no idea what I was doing. He totally laughed in my face. He was, he's standing in this beautiful like VIP you know, party with all these gorgeous women around him, laughed in my face, never heard from him again. Three months later, he calls me up, and he's like, go to the airport now in the limo and go pick up this, you know, world-famous DJ. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm hired? Like, <laughs> no idea. So I I think it was really just I, I heard about this event that I really wanted to be part of, and they laughed in my face, but I had to go up and say, I'm going to work for you. And that's how it all started. Wow. So what in your childhood do you think gave you the strength and the courage to say, I'm going to go to international campuses, I'm going to walk up to this producer and say, I'm going to work for you? What was it that made it possible for you to do that? You know what made it possible? I think it was constantly feeling like I didn't fit in, like I was the outcast, like I was the black sheep and just kind of butting heads with wanting to be more and wanting to do more and knowing I was worth more, but not knowing how to communicate that with my peers or with my, you know, the, the, even the teachers or, you know, even though my family, we got along, just knowing I was different and not giving up on that. At the time, I, you know, as a child, I didn't have the skills. I didn't to be confident. I didn't know you could choose to be confident or work at it or study that or learn it or learn techniques. I had no idea. I just held it all in and thought, I feel worthless, but I know in my heart I'm not, so I'm just going to keep going. And as I gained skills and knowledge as I grew up and, and became an adult, then now I have to use that. You have to use that and leverage all these struggles that you've had to be a better person and, yeah, and improve exactly. the quality of your because life. What you're saying is you could have easily just crumpled up and said, okay, I'm different and I'm not going to go anywhere or do anything and I don't fit in. But what you said is I'm different. It sounds to me like what you said is I'm different. I'm going to run with it. 
I come originally from another country, even as a baby, I had a different experience. I'm just going to keep being different. Now, I know what you're talking about, you know, having gone to schools in the great Northwest, where I have to say there weren't a lot of African Americans, and so I always felt different and certainly was completely different by the time I got to grad school at the University of Washington. And all of the struggles of childhood could have been crippling for you, Karen. They could have been crippling for me. But somehow you found a way to turn those into strengths. So everybody, I want you to just take a couple of notes. Karen, was there anything that you can remember doing or thinking that made you say, I am going to find a way through this? You know, I call this the lucky lost because I know everybody is like, clarity is great, but I did not have clarity. I would say until after the monastery experience in when I was about 30, and I didn't know where I was going or what I'd end up doing, but I just kept going. I had, I know they call it, a, you know, the call, but I felt like there was an inner knowing, and everybody has that. You just know that you're worth more, and you might not know how exactly it's going to turn out, but like I said, go with the flow. Go by the, you know, the seat of your pants and, and just try. I tried so many different things that the change became the new normal for me. It was harder for me to stay in one place, and that was the method that I tried. I didn't have it all figured out, but I wasn't going to stop and just stay in okay, one place. Okay, so here's, here's the advice I'm hearing. It's keep going. Keep going. Keep doing new things. You will eventually find your way. And I say this because a lot of people believe that little voice in their head that says, eh, you can't do it. And nobody who looks like you or comes from where you came from has ever done it. It's what makes you think you can. And the truth is what makes you think you can. I sound like that little train. I used to read that book to my kids when they were babies. <laughs> the little engine that thought it could. It said, I think I can, I think I can, I think it can. It climbs a hill. We all have hills to climb. That is life. The key that I'm hearing you say, Karen, is just keep going. Sooner or later, you are going to discover discover who you are and what is yours to do. So tell us a little more about your adventures. It sounds like you did some seriously wild things. Now, how did you end up dodging bullets and bombs in Sudan and then ending up meditating? Yeah, well, like I mentioned, I ended up in in East Africa and Kenya through my university, but every weekend and I took as much time off as I could to just go venture out into villages. And, and this was a while ago. It was in 1998 when the U.S. Embassy was bombed. And out of the you know the thousands that were injured and the 12 Americans that were killed, two were my friends. So that was the first time mm. terrorism was close, like hit home right away. And that's when we started actually blaming Sudan, you know, the, the perpetrators hiding there. But my Sudanese friends they said, Karen, please come to our country. Please come see it. Whereas the American government was like, all the Americans need to evacuate East Africa immediately. So everybody left, and I was like, do I listen to that? Or do I listen to my friends who were like, just come please see us. We're going to see our land, see our people, and and meet us, and we're going to keep you safe. And I, I opted to listen to them. And mm. it was an amazing experience. They were so poor and so, you know, they'd been bombed for for years and years. But it was just 
you know, again, I guess trusting the the intuition that I had. And I also believe that those people who didn't have a voice, who cannot speak out, they were like angels to me. Maybe they knew that I could go out and speak. And that's why it's so important that if you have a voice, to use it and speak out about what you really believe in, what you know is right, no so matter what your So don't be afraid of being is. different. Don't be afraid exactly. of being different. Don't be afraid of going where people are saying don't go. You know, there's an old saying that says, go where you don't want to go to get what you want. So, Karen, having had these experiences, what happened? You said you almost lost your mind, <laughs> and that's how you ended up in the monastery. What what happened that you almost lost your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, just sitting around the world producing these amazing concerts, festivals uh, with, you know, top Hollywood A-listers, Grammy Award-winning musicians, you know, people that we, you know, we all look up to, we all know, it's fun, but after a while I felt so empty inside. And one of the breaking points was working on a Britney Spears concert where it was the lap of luxury, it was one of the biggest concerts of the year. I was, you know, in the Four Seasons with them hanging out and, you know, she flew in on her private jet, and it was just there were 50,000 people, happy people. But I was looking there at myself saying, this is fun, but I feel empty inside. If this, mm. all this luxury is what we, you know, why not have it? What sh- is shown on television, what we should aspire to have, and I'm not happy, okay, something's off here. I need to do something radical to feel fulfilled because there was nothing inside of me that was making me feel human. Wow. So and, it's, it's and you learned the lesson that there's nothing outside that can create fulfillment. And in that moment when you had that realization that everything looked good but it felt bad, was that the moment you said, I've got to get the heck out and find something better for myself? Yeah, I mean, I realize now having both experiences with the extreme luxury and now the aesthetic in a, in a monastery, it's okay to have the you know comfort and satisfaction and money and all that stuff. That's not that's not really the root of the problem, um, but it can never provide complete happiness or fulfillment. That has to that has there has to be an inner journey as much as an outer journey. So and what did you learn on that inner journey when you were in the monastery? Yeah, so right after, soon after that, that concert and then the, the mafia, Mexican mafia captured my boss. <laughs> right after that, I was like, okay, Karen, the signs are here. Let's leave. Now oh you're in danger. Um, I headed over to Burma, Myanmar, in Southeast Asia, and shaved my head. We could not talk. We could not read or write. We had to wake up every day at 3.30 in the morning. We, we were only allowed to sleep four hours a day. And... I was like, I'm staying here until I feel, find myself again. And it's just crazy because the first six months of that year, it was a living hell. I hated myself. I hated every everything. I could not stay in the present moment. My mind was in the future or the past, and there was no materialism around me. There was no phone. There was no one to talk to. I couldn't eat when I wanted to. couldn't have a drink, whatever. But the last six months of the year, it flew by. I just got the hang of it. I was sleeping four hours a night. I was not hungry anymore. But my environment never changed that entire year. And that's when I realized how powerful the mind is. Mm, And it is. And it is. But you also have this quality of persistent determination. You went from 
you know, hanging out the Four Seasons with Britney Spears in the lap of luxury to shaving your head and going through really, anybody would say, harsh training. This is spiritual boot camp. And you came out of it with a core learning. And what's that core learning for you, Karen? Well, the core learning is that, you know, there's so many... Well, okay, there's one basic lesson that the real world, I feel like the real world is actually harder than the monastery sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There's no there's no option. Like the phone isn't there so you're not tempted to use it. There's other internal struggles that you that you deal with, but in the real world when we when we can grab our phone and we can go to Facebook and, you know, go for a drink and, you know, eat too much and there's Krispy Kreme on every corner, it's really, it's really hard. It's harder to really stay on a solid path to live life to the fullest. And, and to be present, you know, yeah. Stay connected to your present. inner self and be present. I totally hear you. Now, you talk about this thing you call a master quest. What is that? And why do you say every one of us should have one? Yes. Yeah, I call it the master quest. You know, I love the, the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and Siddhartha's story and all that but in today's day and age we're in a people want instant gratification they want everything right away and society is kind of set up that way and many people are being disappointed they're being frustrated why am I not making the money I want why is everybody why does it look like everybody else has the great job and has the great you know spouse that's you know that they want and you know all this so when, but when you look at life more as a quest, a lifelong quest in different phases, okay, now I need to, you know, really buckle down and put in some extra hours at work because in the next phase I'm going to take more time off or get what I want or I'm going to focus on my career now and love in the next phase or this and that. It just makes you feel better because it feels kind of icky when it looks like everybody else around you has it all, especially on social media. We only, you know, most people only post the vacations and the photos. Yeah, the really great looking meals that they're sitting down to. (laughs) Exactly, but they didn't see the, you know, the bread and rice, you know, rice butter you were eating for for you. Yeah, what are the elements for you that are most important in a master quest? Well, one, you really need a system to follow, one that helps you you know, feel fulfilled for yourself, make money with integrity, build a following so you can make a bigger impact, create your own legacy. And there's so many different moving parts. You know, the advantage I've had of being a talent agent, a talent scout, and and sometimes even a, a talent manager and working with um, celebrities and public figures at a very high level is that I get to see the whole journey from someone being unknown to, let's see, a a Hollywood A-lister. And there are so many different moving parts. And the problem is that most people out there are teaching just one part. And they've got this one strategy that's going to make your whole life, you know, a million times better. But, no, there's like a hundred parts that you really need to work on mastering as you go. I mean, not, not all at once. You know, eventually you can. Now, what you know, would you say are the celebrity secrets for building an empire that has meaning? Because you talk about being purposefully famous so that people use fame for good or for a cause. Yes. Well, I think every, everybody should model their life and their business or, or their professional career after the celebrity business model, even if you're not trying to be a celebrity. And, you know, because. One, they have multiple income streams, 
so you have more financial, you know, stability. Mm-hmm. Two, you always have a, I call it the dream team. You have to have a, a team of people around you who get you. Maybe it's for work. Maybe it's just friends or or. Okay, or so you need really a dream support. team and the first one. Everybody, team. I want you to take notes. We only have a few more minutes with Karen. Let's get this down. We have a dream team, and the first one is you have to be clear where you want to go and to live like a celeb, even if you're not one. And what's yes. next? Yeah, and then I said, you know, I think everybody should have multiple income streams. Even if you have a job, I work with a lot of people who worked in companies and still built a personal brand. But, you know, job stability is not what it used to be. Uh, it's someone very close to me just cut it, just bought a house, married three kids, lost a job for no reason. And if you at least have one income stream doing what you love, then you will make money off of it, and and when the ups and downs come, that totally you'll makes stick sense. With it. Now, how yeah. do these secrets apply to the world of love, the world of relationships? Here at Modern Love, we're always looking for a way to build success in every area, and that includes, of course, our love lives. As the research shows, everybody, that if you're happy in love, it is easier to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. So how do your secrets apply to love life, Karen? Yeah. When you look at the power couples out there who always seem like the perfect fit, like they look good, they live their dream lifestyle, maybe they're known for their humanitarian efforts or they're respected in their, in their jobs or their careers, it's really that each person individually is different and awesome and unique on their own. And that attracts other people who are also different, unique, and awesome on their own. Then you come together. And it's it's really a trend because I've also either worked with or observed, you know, top matchmakers and relationship coaches. I just I just love, you know, this area. I love love and all this. And you've, you've got to stand out. You've got to embrace your differences and showcase that because no one, honestly, no one wants to be with someone that's boring <laughs> or you know, a carbon copy of everybody else. And when you're trying to be like everybody else, you just blend in. And if you want to find someone who's outstanding, that's what you're attracted to. Everybody's attracted to that person who's living their purpose and and making a name for themselves and doing good work. You've got to be that person. Now, how do you strengthen? One of the things I know uh, you and I got to talk a little bit before we started the show tonight, you talked about strengthening relationships with self-love. How does that work? Well, yes. I mean, in the end, you have to love yourself before you can fully, you know, give 100% of love in a, in a relationship. It's You have to look at yourself like an isolated island that comes together with someone else. And I was working with some Cirque du Soleil performers before, and they were telling me that when they do these acts, and, you know, they do amazing, like, mind-boggling acts, they have to each know their position themselves 100% and then they they kind of mesh with the other people around them who are standing on them or they're doing aerials together and that because if they're worried about the other person more than the position they need to be in it just doesn't work the whole act flops or or someone's going to get hurt so you really really need to love yourself first and then when the other person also loves themselves because then you're not needy and you're not you know giving up who you are for the other person, you know, that might come a little bit later, but you've got to love yourself first. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, if you see time and time again about the successful power couples out there. Yeah, and this is one happens. of the things that certainly 
with the couples that I've worked with in our modern love training and our coaching programs, I have found that again and again what you just said is true, that if each person in the couple focuses on their strengths and focuses on creating happiness and satisfaction for themselves as an individual, then you have, let's put it this way, more money to put in the bank of being a couple. You have more energy. You have more aliveness. You have more joy to put in. So I want to totally back you up on that. We only have a few minutes left. You and I could go on talking a long, long time, Karen. But tell me a little bit about the special gift that everyone can get when they go to PurposefullyFamous.com. Now let me spell that. Purposely Famous. It's P-U-R-P-O-S. E-L-Y, PurposelyFamous.com. What are they going to get when they go there? Well, let me say, you know, I'm so loving talking to you, and we have a lot of good information, and I just want, you know, you don't have to stay stuck. You're hurting of this, and it and it resonates with you. Go to PurposelyFamous.com, and there's a fun quiz that you can take that kind of assesses your potential to achieve purposeful fame. Now, fame just means being which makes it easier to gain more authority and respect and sell whatever you sell or, or get can impact whatever you're doing. And so fame means be impactful in your own way, in your own life. Good. So correct. they can take a quiz and find out take the more quiz about... And the, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some also some tips on, on how to... Really take being different to the a different higher level. Is than you normal. And Karen Roost, let me tell you, you have certainly proven that being different can be a tremendous asset. And it's an asset out in the world. It's an asset in your love life because different is more exciting and sexy, everybody. Let me tell you. Karen Roost, okay. thank you so much for being with us tonight. Everybody, that website is purposely famous. Go take the quiz. Find out more about yourself and hook up with Karen. She's got some great intel. I love it. And I want to say a big thank you also to our executive producer, the one and only Mr. Legrand Green, also to the one and only Mr. Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, and to you modern lovers, you know I love you. I'm sending you blessings. Go out there and just live being your own true self. And if you're different, so much the better. Be with you again next week. And by the way, mark your calendar now. Come join me on June 10th for a live, one-day, intensive, modern love training here in lovely San Francisco. Find out more at drbrendawade.com. Blessings. Good night. 